Watch this. Hello and welcome back to episode four of the Cookie Jar podcast. I'm Tom Mills and I'm joined by Sam Williams. Hello. Sir Bruce Fitzpatrick. Hello. And our newest member of the team, Cal Wing. Hello. Hi, Cal. So, thank you for having me. Finally got a full house. And we've got a ram packed agenda for today, Sam. Yeah, interesting one today, guys. We're going to be talking about the Genesis Open, so the Genesis Invitational, rather. So, uh, we've currently got that on the screen watching this as it comes in. Obviously, be remiss not to talk about Tiger. It's his week. It's his event. So we're going to throw some good Tiger stats at you, some some stuff there that's blown my mind. Um, and we're going to talk about coronavirus. So slightly strange topic, but we've uh, obviously massive cancellations this this week in terms of the tour and the European stuff out in the Far East. So uh, we're going to chew through that one as well. Brilliant. And the Genesis Open, which currently Rory's just teed off. What are we thinking? Birdie at the first. Guy looks class. What have we got? We've got Rory, Scott, and Cooch. Cooch. Mm. I reckon DJ's going to come in. Varner started with an eagle, which flew up the field yesterday. Varner's been nipping around all week at this, hasn't he? Really? He looks. mm. Watching Coocher on the second playing a four hybrid into a par four. And he's just fanned it. This bloke should not not be deserving of this win. Into the gallery. Just to give him some money. Yeah, well, it's a. Um, is, the, is the Genesis always a Riviera? Mm-hmm. It's known as being quite yeah. a uh, quite demanding setup. Was that famous on... clip of uh, Woods on the range when he was sixteen? Yeah, I think he made his amateur there as debut as an amateur. And what are we thinking about? Woods is a uh, four putting. Doesn't bode well, does it? Happens to the best of us. <laughs> Twice in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. They're not regular though. I can't remember four putting that often. So the second time in a couple of weeks. Uh, and we're all terrible, really. Yeah, by, by by I mean, I'm at no point professing to be as good as Tiger, and I don't four putt very often. So do you know what? Do you know what? Like the uh, the excuse he gave on on Golf Channel, Poana Greens. So mm. that is the only thing yeah. with this time of year when you're in February and when they're on that sort of like West Coast swing. Every time you see a putt. Poana, Poana, Poana. They want to come. They want to come play some bumpy winter golf be. up here. Poana's one. I've also read another. I wouldn't say it's an excuse, but certainly an issue he's got is uh, Peter Costas was um, was saying apparently his back isn't great in the cold weather, and it's nippy out there. I mean, this mm. is it's not UK cold, but it's a, for America. It's cold. Still wearing Mate, everybody's in t-shirts. Anyone here played on Poana? I wouldn't know. Not that I'm aware of. Tumbleweed blows through the podcast room. If if West Coast not on the UK Isles, <laughs> I don't know. I, I have so, played. I've played Pebble. So if West Coast are all Poana, Pebble Pebble is definitely Poana. Then yes. I don't know if Riviera is Poana or if it's Kaikuya. Isn't that what Elkington the greens? The about? greens are Poana, and then the the rough and the, the grasses. Is Kaikuya. Kaikuya. I remember Elkington, Elkington talking about um, Kaikuya grass and how he felt he had an advantage on. A lot of the American guys because it's quite um, spongy in a way. So I take it that's quite big in Australia, though. Yeah. So yeah. he was saying a lot of the Aussie guys know how to attack the ball from quite a sort of shallow angle, whereas if you get a bit steep on it on Kaikou, it rides up the face and goes mm. nowhere. Apparently. Well, Bruce has got a bit of Southern Hemisphere golf to look forward to tomorrow. Yeah, I do indeed. Can you South tell us Africa. Where you're going? 
going to South Africa oh, yeah, for tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Can we address him with for, Cerberus, for five please? Days. Cerberus. Um, Cape Town. So South, yeah, George, yeah. George okay, kind of yeah. area um, down there, just to try and get a bit of practice in, which Some I'm very much looking forward to because the weather here is diabolical. Wow, so uh, yeah, fresh off the back of Storm Dennis, it's not great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely <laughs> horrific weekend for yeah. anyone wanting to clean their sticks yeah. and get out of there today. It was just not the show. Sam and I went up to our local golf club. Um, a couple of hours ago and tried to hit a few balls there, which was not... Emphasis on tried hitting Bruce's <laughs> butter knives and thin the ass off about Still 20 of them. I mean, neither of us could really feel our hands and we were sort of, you know, straddling puddles of water on the practice <laughs> tee, which wasn't, wasn't really the shout. But when How you, else are you uh, going to improve, boys? You've got to work. Yeah, you do. You've got to work in all conditions. Exactly. We if you want to be able to master Kaikuya, you've got to be able to... Master the song. You've got to be able to shallow out that angle of attack. We're talking two gloves, foot joy, all weather. Oh, mate, I'm not Tommy Gainey. I'm not, I'm not Tommy Tigre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, so I, we should introduce Cal. He's just nipping in there with some high-quality, you know, <laughs> pro-golf knowledge there. Why don't you just tell us a bit about yourself for the benefit of our listeners, Cal? Thank you. Um, right, my name's Cal. Play off five. Also play at Blackwell Golf Club in Worcestershire with these three fine gentlemen. Um yeah, I've been playing. Probably started taking it seriously when I was about 13. Um, got down to five pretty quickly. I was probably off five when I was about 15, 16. Rumoured to be the foursomes partner in county golf with a Mr. Pepperell. Is that correct? Not correct. Oh. But I played in the same, played in quite a few of the same comps within the sort of... Really? BVO stuff around Oxfordshire. Um, but no, I mean, certainly his brother Joe was more sort of... My level, my age group, and then Eddie was a couple of years younger, off scratch when he was twelve. And um, perhaps if you're listening, just uh, just drop us a message. You ever want We're to happy on. to have you yeah, on. Yeah, Bring yeah. him on the pod. Could be a friend of the pod. First, you want to chat about BBO golf with Cal and, and reminisce about those halcyon days, <laughs> rolling back the years with Cal Wing. That's it's got <laughs> yeah. a nice ring to it, hasn't it? Many club twirls. <laughs> Good, uh, but yeah, no, very keen. You play a bit of links as well, don't you? Yeah. Get out on the shores. Yeah, I play down in Saunton in North Devon as well, which is um, two fantastic championship courses there. Um, lucky enough to have the British boys there this year, which was um, some fine talent is that right? on display. And yeah, other than that, very keen. I mean, outside of work, you play as much as you can. Yep. UK climate. And you pour some hours into great. your knowledge as well, don't you? It's a bit of an investment in your brain. Though, got the golf. golf historian of the group, we might say. Actually. I would say so. Yeah, a bit of golf history, a bit of golf architecture, you know. We can dive into that. Over well, it's the, interesting now we've got the four the of year. us, the four of us here for the first time, and we've never actually fully explained the the genesis of oh. Cookie Jar Golf. Yeah. So the term itself, I guess, refers to a celebration which a good friend of mine at university picked up on or, or you know, coined it because there's a very famous shot of tigers which is always, you know, put to various different theme songs or on, you know, vines and Instagram videos and all sorts of him hitting this four iron at the President's Cup when Freddie Couples was the captain. Not sure what year that was exactly, but he hits this four iron and then just starts walking after it with his arms held out up in the air for quite a long time. And then the right hand just sort of... And it was a sick it, club twirl, wasn't yeah, it? I it mean, was an the, excellent. The shaft twirl. angle doesn't change. It just spins nicely, yeah. just slots into the hand. ever so gentle twist of the club in the left hand the right hand just meandered up towards his face it's the march starts yeah. just as the arms sort of lead forward so mm, it's kind yeah. of like you know yeah testify you're talking four or five iron 
Yeah, four iron. Yeah, yeah, the president's cut, right. um, which skips on to you know a few feet, and he's holding his right hand up forever as he's walking, marching. In fact, marching after. But the wrist sort of dips down, doesn't and it? Then, it's yeah, the cocks, and then he gets a little bit of flexion in the right wrist, <laughs> which just uh, which just goes into the sort of proverbial cookie jar. Cookie jar. Into the cookie jar. Um, and then hence the the term which my friend in Andrews. Came up with and I passed on to Sam and here we are, you know, a few months later here we with, are. The, with the podcast hitting, after it. hitting mediocre pitching wedges and yeah. holding our hands in the air and slam dunking and pretending that we got something that we mm. can offer. And almost so getting kicked jar. out of Blackwell Golf Club for uh, obnoxious <laughs> celebrations. <laughs> I think that's acceptable. Well, that was the genesis and this is the genesis we're watching now then. So I guess kind of our new world number one, McElroy's out, last group. Pretty good pretty good history coming down the stretch when he's in with a sniff um scott also looking pretty clinical varna still kicking around cooch is annoyingly kind of good but doesn't have the best history right Carl? someone someone has said to me that cooch oh i didn't say to me it was on the commentator said i was talking about cooch's single plane swing and how that affects his Mm. distance it's ugly but it's effective i don't even know what a single plane swing is yeah he works with a guy from plain truth golf that's like a school of golf or a school of technical sort of analysis and teaching. Um, and yeah, so he has a very flat swing with very little left arm raise, which is supposedly going to lead to more consistency. But I don't. And that's think called you a single plane swing. Single plane swing. Different to stack and tilt. Yes, similar principles in that you you minimise the amount of that your arms raise. But I think there are a lot of very well-regarded golf instructors out there who'd say that you need the arms to lift if you want to generate maximum club head speed. But I want to throw out a debate that came up from the Genesis the other day. Um, Mickelson obviously carries around a fairly decent crowd with him, and he was stood on the third tee and just wallops it right, miles right, so far right. You said sprayed it right, didn't you? I said he sprayed it right. It's so far right that no one in the world has seen it. The, the, the people that are aligned on the right of Mystics is right of them. Now, the rules of golf are saying, you know, you've now got three minutes to find your ball. And if that was you, me, anybody else, all of our listeners, that ball is gone. There is no way anybody's finding it. They had 100 people looking for this ball for three so, minutes. So you basically, so what you're saying there is you're taking, a, at best case, a four ball, which gives you 12 minutes cumulative time looking for a golf ball, and you've got now kind of... They've got 300 Five minutes. hours of golf ball searching. 300 minutes searching. of no, searching for golf balls. Do, yeah. do the math. You've got five hours of looking for a ball versus 12 <laughs> minutes. I mean, it's insane. Like, it's no wonder some of these guys don't lose balls. And I've got this this hypothesis. And I, I'm, I'm so did they of, find it? You fancy yourself around the Blackwell against Mickelson? No, I find, I've got I this would. shitty hypothesis yeah. that I'd like you to, like your canvas opinions on. Yeah. I think at the pro level... The only, unless the ball is clear and obvious to a spectator, the only people that should be able to search for it are the players and their caddies. Difficult because how? So how, how, are, you go, how are you going to get all the patrons and all the fans to just right? Excuse me, stand still. We're coming through. Would Nobody you have to give out blindfolds? Do you sort of start putting black tape over Nobody their eyes? Move. No one tell the pro where the ball's gone. <laughs> no, no, no. If it's clear and obvious, if it's clear and obvious, then and that's it's, fine. It's basically mm. might find the ball. Well, Literally. look at it this way: if, you, if you're yeah. in if you're in Tiger Woods's group, and you've hit that shot, you're ten times more likely to find the ball than if you're nodding it round in the first tee group on the on a Saturday with a, yeah. no spectators. Yeah, 
it's just I think I think it's fair point. I, I think it's hard mm. to know how you it's police against it. I mean, if yeah. if I'm if you're playing in a mid event, so let's let's a huge event, right? It's a you know final day, so we've got people cut out. You're going to have a certain number of people looking. If you're playing on a small level event and you've only got sort of half a dozen people following you, I think you're at a disadvantage. If you put the ball in the same spot, you could have no more than say 15, 20 minutes worth of people looking for balls added up versus perhaps three, four, five hours. And I think that's a that's a massive difference for these guys. So but the question is how do you police it? Yeah, logistically it's it's not really Well I possible. and I know it's silly. I I'm 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 yeah. being ridiculous when I say it, but it, it is it isn't fair. Added to which though the the issue with policing it is that it it's running in a very different direction to a lot of the concerns out there, which is pace of play, making sure the game speeds up a bit. Yeah, but it's not going to speed up the game. It's, it's real, not well, gonna, realistically, they've still only got three it? minutes total. It's not found three minutes, he's back on the tee or it's provisional. Yeah, but then it's three minutes you've got to spend looking for it when you get down there rather than it already being found. You've been able to just walk straight to it. Interestingly, the best player at our, our own club, if he's hit his ball into the trees, he will hang back until you have made it to him to start looking for his ball because he's like, that's my... Well, it my makes sense because when I've, when I've put it in the... It's well thought out. Well, no, but my <laughs> point now is if you're a pro, there's already 100 people looking for your ball before you got there, before mm. the three minutes have started. So, so I can so think back to an event. to say, patrons, stand where you are, don't do anything, wait till I get to you, then we can all start looking So together. here's a bit of a knowledge bomb for you. Varna, last year, Beth Page, US Open... I think he was in contention on the last day. He was in the final group. He kept mm-hmm. Yeah, he shot like six, seven over. Correct. Exploded. And when it started going wrong, he was just short left of a trap on somewhere about yeah. seven or eight or something. Nasty sort of hook. You remember that thick, wiry grass? Mm. Tugged it dead left, straight into the trees. Like, if you walked in there, there was half a chance you were going to find, like, Harrison Ford. Honest to God. <laughs> it was like an episode out of Indiana Jones. You were never going to see this thing I again. I do and he that. went yeah. darting ahead looking for the ball. And then the commentators was rapidly on the pool going, yeah, he's made exactly the wrong call there. He should have steadied his ship, yeah. put a provision down, wait for everyone to catch up and then go, right, now we're going to start looking for my golf ball. He never found the ball, I don't think. And, you know, kind of those are the things that cost you. That is a, that is a great point, actually. And that's probably what Tiger, to his credit, has done exceptionally well yeah. over the years. Strategy. Do you think Harold Varner has gotten over the... The fact that everybody just only refers to him as being the nicest man in golf. That's I don't know. The I don't only think you ever get over that, do you? I mean, no one's ever said it about me, so I've never had an issue of getting over that sort of comment. It'd be, it'd be nice to be known for something else. True. Any wins for Varner? He's really nice. Oh, really he's a really nice guy. Here's one. Right, I'm plucking this one out if this is right. So he's got one win, and I'm pretty sure he won something like the Australian PGA. In wow. 2018. Can we let's see if we can confirm that? Real time stat check on this one. He's just a top five, top ten machine. A bit like Finau, actually. Yeah, Finau has turned into the ultimate gasser. He's become our gasser. We've talked about him a lot the last couple of weeks. Who? Finau. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we're just fact checking this. And you think he won in the Australian? I'm pretty sure. Let's go on wins. Didn't he beat? Is it Dot? Career wins. Australian PGA. 2016. 2016. Oh, that's the thing I said, 18. But <laughs> one point, one mark. I mean, that's 15 love to Cal. Bonus yeah. points for number margin yeah. of victory. So just coming, just bring us back on, on topic to the Genesis. So interestingly, just in Morikawa, just not quite get up and down. He's now eight under. He's chasing the pack. He's not far off. He's 53rd currently in the OWGR. 
So he's 53rd in the world rankings. This is going to be a big weekend for him. This is probably going to give him... In fact, he's probably already got exemptions to the majors. Because of his win. Uh, I'm just thinking. Weeks ago. But it's going to move him up the tables. This guy's coming in like fast. I, I quite fancy this guy possibly just for name. a PGA this year. Colin Morikawa. Oh yeah, okay. Just came out last year. That's right. Came out of Oklahoma yeah. with um, Hovland. Hovland and yeah. Wolf. quite similar actually. Mm. Yeah. Wolf, Him and yeah. uh, Hovland. Incredible when you think those Very three guys similar. in the side. Oh, incredible! Yeah. I bet well, it was tough to get in the now, side with them mean, kicking around. They are the new. It's hard to say. He's the, the new, new Spieth and Thomas. The new yeah. Spieth, Thomas, um, Daniel Berger, that sort of Patrick Rogers kind Patrick of Patrick Rogers. Few of those guys. What a great swing Patrick Rogers has got, and yet he's not really. Hasn't clicked. Has he, it? Surely he's going to break through at some point because he's got, you know, he's such a hell of a player and had such a great college record. But yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're going to close this out on, on Genesis soon. But I've been mean, looking, McElroy just firing a little little flick with a wedge in here. That's gone to about, what would we say, seven, eight feet once that finishes. Below the hole. Yeah. I mean, he's got an uphill putt there, 11 under. I'm rooting for this guy to bring it home today. Oh, everybody wants McElroy to win. So, so I think a nice one for McElroy, obviously, beginning of the week, he is sort of found himself number one spot. And a lot of people in the news are just like, just because he hasn't won an event to get there, or he's, he's almost done it by sitting at home for the weekend. To be fair, he won three um, last year, didn't he? But he won three, but yeah. But he's had a quiet thing. start to the year. He didn't, didn't play Arizona, didn't play Pebble. Random, but what a way to sort of silence the critics yeah. this week. Mm. Just come back straight, straight back out. and win and just cement that number one. 10, top five at um, yeah. Tory Pines, I think. I would visualise it by dropping the mic on the floor if it wouldn't piss Tom off. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. If it wouldn't hinder future recordings. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's played himself off the podcast by throwing a mic. Yeah, well, it is, um, <coughs> I guess the one thing we haven't quite touched on, but maybe it's sort of self-evident with the Genesis, is that it is the strongest field that's been assembled this year. Mm. Yeah, um, nine, by, of, the, by nine of the margin. top ten. Yeah, and then of the top 25, is a very, very high percentage. Who's missing? Well. Who's, who's the one that's not there? Is it Leetwood? Is he top 10? I think he is top 10, yeah. Um, no, he is top 10. Could be him. Yeah, well, he's not there, is he? So. Oh, no, he's 11. He loves Sorry. doing this to test our knowledge, doesn't he? Is he 11? Cantley, isn't I don't think Cantley's playing, or is it Webb? No, I think Xander. Webb, Webb won the other week, so I think yeah, he's Webb's taking not, a week off. Yeah, Webb is taking a week off. So it's Webb. Yeah. Webb in the top 10? Yeah, Webb's seven. Yeah, Webb's Jeez. five. Hey, Webb's insane. He's the only guy in the top 10 who hits it under 300 yards average driving distance. Which year did he? Stat alert. Which year <laughs> did he win the US Open? Oh. Come on, Bruce. Does Webb win the US 12. Open? Which no, year? 2012. Which year? 2012 at Olympic Club. Did I get it? 12. 2012, yeah, Olympic yeah. Club. Lee Westwood hit it up. One of the ball strikers. Does anyone got remember it. the presentation? And no. he sort of got handed over the, the medal and uh, the trophy. He and dropped it. No, some, um, wait, well, you could say patron. But a patron sort of burst into the, uh, the ceremony, the presentation, with a sort of Union Jack peacock hat on and started making peacock noises. Was it Polter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. exactly. I'm the postman, I'm the postman. postman. Could have been Polter. It was... Um, the strangest thing, but probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Well, I'm glad I got that one right, Tom. 2012, Olympic, 2012 Olympic Club. Oh, Adam Scott has just poured one Pouring in. Pouring one in, 12 under. Now, this is back to what we were talking about last week. McElroy's now got a little sort of seven or eight footer uphill. If he's playing the man, that feels like a tougher putt, right? Uh, yeah, it feels like lost hole. But yeah. He should just be playing his own game. He feels like he's <laughs> now mean, trying to stay in it. We're, now, we're, we're trying to, you know, sort of 
guess what's going through McElroy's mind as he's flapping. Like, what Rory really needs to be doing is just, you know, staying calm, playing his own game. I think the only hindrance for me watching Rory is he feels like a streaky putter to watch. So well, he just feels like he can, he can either have the putters red hot or it's in the fridge and there's no yeah. in between. And might be, I mean, that's might be like a way out of left field call, but he yeah, does feel like I'm a streaky agree. putter. I know what you mean. But he's, he's with when it's on, it's on. Mm. When it's cold. And this is exactly not, the putt that you can watch him miss all day or hole all day. Shot 61 in the Canadian Open and won that. Putter was on fire. Pebble in the... Yeah. Uh, in, well, he's in back the, with Faxon now, isn't he? It's, uh, one of those. Yeah. So Bit anyway. But yeah, so Tiger's big week. Hosting the event. Cool as hell this place looks. To be fair, he was those that round one on fire. Mm. Tiger. Yeah, I think the front nine. Three's front nine. He's front nine. Down. He was on fire, and then it just sort of cooled yeah. down. Didn't he make a double, or was that his second round? He made a double with a wedge in hand. Yeah, could have been. Hit one like three thirty right down one. the gut, yeah. and then um, double seven, I think, didn't he, or something like that. Yeah, just a couple of. Uh, he picks his partners right on the on this, so I think he gets to pick his partners in his event, right? Because he loves JT. JT is like his boy, isn't he? So he picks him. He plays with him at the President's Cup. He's in his. He's in his group, and he's had Stricker with him as well. Front first two days. Yeah, because I mean, because everyone thought he was going to be playing Rory, but um, yeah, is he not? I don't think he likes playing with people who hit the ball. It's a long way past Yeah, but he's not in Macro's league of distance. I don't think. Mm. But I mean. you kind of want to be at that level where you can rock up to the first event of the year that's holding a, a field of this strength and then turn up and go, okay, Tiger, you just pick your pairings now for your first two days, please. But uh, the, you say that he doesn't want like playing with people who hit it longer than him, but then you had the uh, the tour champs last or the year before last when Tiger won and it was um, Tiger won at Eastlake. And McElroy just went out there and was like, I'm going to smash the ball. Like, and he just completely undid himself. And Tiger was just hitting like fairways, greens, fairways, yeah, greens. I don't think face. that's something that probably phases him, is it? No, oh, like hitting McElroy. it past people. Uh, sorry, people hitting it past him, you think? Yeah, I think if he's nice, he'll have one eye, definitely one eye at least. Tiger's consciously hitting the ball less distance. He's consciously playing more yeah. conservative golf off the tee. I think two or three Even years in his great ago. years, Tiger's driving was always the bit that could... He was never... the. He was never r- straight every single hole, was he? He was a good driver. He did a long way. But now he just knows how good his iron game is. He's happy mm. being 30 yeah. yards back from the other guys. Well, I, th- I think he just knows that, you know, he's not the power. He doesn't have the power no. game that he once had. I mean, I mean he's still three, excellent. Yeah. But three years ago when he came back, when he first came back properly and he was sort of, he was seeing who uh, all the young bucks were on tour and he probably thought, it was, that it probably was all, wound him up for the first month or two. Now, was, I think he's, you know, he's won. It was all that chat. They he's were, won the tour championship. Were, you know, he's won the Masters. Spieth and Thomas were giving it the, you know, it would have been lovely to have Tiger around, you know, in this prime and see, you know, see if I could pit myself against him. And then he turned up well, he's and played golf. And, and they were like, oh, for fuck's sake. Spieth's trying to get back to where he was. Thomas is he's playing pretty well. But it's um, obviously the, the genesis is where Tiger had that famous 16-year-old and he was getting, you know, marched up the fairway and where he sort of burst onto the scene. Um, and we are dedicating a bit of the show to, to some of Tiger's best events and best things he's done. Most well, it got us Googling, didn't it? Like, I mean, you forget how good the guy was. Well, let me just jump in. Kind from of like, well, do we want to give some stats here? Go on, Tom. So from a 16-year-old, the, in his first 100 starts on tour, Tiger won 28 times. 28%. 28%. Uh, 
winning in his first hundred from DJ it, And that's from a standing start of his first event on tour. Rory, DJ, Spieth, Fowler and Day combined in their first hundred won 27. No. That's actually across 500, isn't it? Yeah, 500 rounds. But their first hundred each. Yeah. Rory, DJ, Spieth, Fowler and Day combined 27 wins. That is fucking unreal. When you think how good those guys are... <laughs> That's some stat, isn't it? That is insane. That, yeah, that, that's one of the one of the best. But do you think? Do you think that one again? Yes, yeah, that's just absurd. That is absolutely <laughs> ludicrous. <laughs> but do you um do you think it's because the standard of golf now is more competitive than it was? I don't know. Well, here's yeah, here's one for you. Right, here's one for you. Woods's largest winning victory margin. 2000 US Open Pebble Beach 15 shots he was clear of Ernie Els in second he was invincible round Pebble wasn't Ernie Els over par yeah, that yeah yeah he was three over par I think. and he, he was, was totally invincible Tiger like finished 12 under yeah and everyone would always jump was to it was 97 Masters wasn't it it was like his like dicked on the whole of the field yeah. Pebble was just a complete different level mm. well my um, favourite statistic about Tiger Woods which doesn't doesn't really exist any longer, but it, I think it's still very impressive because, well, I'll just tell you it and you tell me if you think it's impressive. So he turned pro in 1996 and his first miscut on the PGA Tour happened at the 1997 Bell Canadian Open, which was his, which was his 26th tournament of his PGA Tour career. He didn't miss a cut for another eight years. <laughs> and, it's just and, Prior to 2009, so prior to his car accident, he'd only missed five cuts in, in his entire career. So he'd won 14 majors and missed five cuts. And what percentage of players are coming out in the cut? Is It's not a... I've never... You guys are going to look at me like I'm talking nonsense here. Is it, it's not 50% of the field, is it? No, it's a set number, yeah, isn't it's it? More it's more like, or less. It's but like it more or less falls around 50%. It's about the yeah. midpoint, right? Yeah. So he's finished after two days. And anything can happen in two days golf. You've only got to get on the wrong side of the draw mm. for one day. So rain comes in the afternoon. You are off tournament. Toast. He's missed five cuts. Yeah. Eight years. <laughs> In his first 13 years of professional golf, I think. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, one of the cuts he missed was in 2006 at winged foot. Um, So the only cuts in majors I think he missed as a pro were 2006 US Open winged foot. His father had just died maybe a week or two before. And then he missed the 2009 cut at the British Open. Sorry, the Open, as it should be called. Um, And prior to that, yeah, he'd only missed... Those are the only two major cuts he missed. And then he missed the 1997 Bell Canadian Open, which I just mentioned, the 2005 EDS Byron Nelson, the 2009, uh, sorry, the 2005 Funai Classic. Um, and that was it. It's just obscene. Well, Absolutely I think, obscene. I think, you know, when he when he, he did have the back surgery and he came back early. Remember he came back and he was like chili dipping all his chips. Oh, yeah, he was shooting like 80. And he was embarrassing, yeah. you know. Like he he must have been embarrassed, and every, every, he was a laughing stock to the yeah, world of the golf. Some, there would have been some nerves there for sure. Mm. I, but he, the, but he wasn't ready, was he? He just that, he just came back early. Yeah, but you got to admire that mental fortitude to say, you know what, I don't care that I've shot eighty two. Like I'm going to go and give it, a, you know, I'm going to give it another crack next week, and then shoot eighty at Chambers Bay, and then keep trying to fight through pain and just say I'm going to get back to where I was. And I think I, I worry that in years to come, people will look back and go, well. It was different when Tiger did it. And I think the landscape of the quality is slightly different now, but I don't think it's any reason for why Tiger did the stat, did the stuff he did. And the, the mm. stats we're talking about there, 
you know, when you look at the level he was playing at, the difference versus the rest of the field and him, I worry people are going to look back and go, well, it was different then. It was just there was no competition. Well, what's interesting, I suppose, is that courses through the 2000s went through this tiger-proofing, you know. And, and it's, it's now a case that the golfers that are out there are hitting it further than Tiger, and more accurate than Tiger off a tee. But he's still scoring. He's still up there. It's proved yeah, the point. Like it's, it's not, it wasn't like his obscene length. I mean, he was long, but it wasn't his obscene length that he was dismantling the courses. It's because he's just sick. Well, he, yeah, he was about sort of 72% driving accuracy in his prime, which none of the guys at which, the moment, yeah. even Rory. Even 65% is as good as it gets on yeah, tour now. Rory's like the best driver of the ball, and he's probably, what, 65%? You could probably pull that up for the last few seasons. But um, he was... Yeah, he was exceptional compared to everyone else around him. And I, I, yeah, I know what you mean, Sam. Like, there is a worry that people will just say, oh, it was different. You know, the competition wasn't as fierce. But you can only be judged based on the people around you and like how you fared in your era. It's, it's the same argument that needs to be made when people talk about Jack Nicholas and Palmer and Player and Watson and how good they all were. Um, you can only be judged, you know, based on the, the field against which you're competing. I mean, I've got, I've got a couple because we did a bit of Googling and I, I kind of pulled one out. So, I mean, this talks to his major record, right? So from 1997 through to 2008, Tiger in all major championships was 126 under par cumulatively. Okay. During that time, there were 138 other golfers in that span with at least 40 rounds of majors. Clearly not everyone played in the number he did. Of that group, second place to his 126 under par was Joe Ogilvie at 63 over par. Joe Ogilvie. Tiger is more than 200 shots ahead over that same period of of his contemporaries who played in the similar number of rounds, people like Phil and Ernie. I mean, fair play to Joe Ogilvie. Yeah, second to Tiger. Yeah. I, mean, I think clearly the number I don't of majors think Joe's he played. played on the PJ Tour probably since like I'm going to throw it out there, 2003. Yeah, I think like he that. probably had an early fast start on kind what, of like, and he, and he didn't. Uh, it was probably a good journeyman, but there's no. Um, he didn't win much. It's not a standout career, and it's not a. You say Joe Ogilvy to most people, and they're sort of like, mm. do, you mean, you, do you mean Jeff? Do you mean Jeff? Exactly. Do you mean Joe or Jeff? Joe. Joe. Yeah, Ogilvy. Joe. Exactly. Do you mean Jeff? Journeyman. Oh. Cal wants him on the pod. Well, Challenge accepted. Joe Ogilvy won a comp in 2007. Well, I think we wanted to do that. We wanted to kind of talk about some of these things that we've How seen over it? time and think... How old is he what? now? He's 45. He won the US oh, Banker okay. Championship in Milwaukee. Doesn't sound like one of the mainstays. You're saying out of that, he's second to Tiger. So I will repeat, 97 through 2008, Tiger was 126 under par in those majors. There were 138 golfers in that span with at least 40 rounds in majors. So you haven't got to play as many. Of that group, the second place was Joe Ogilvie at 63 over par. If you went to golfers who played in similar number of events, people like Phil and Ernie, you'd be 200 shots plus. Here we go. Results in major championships. Joe Ogilvie. Right, okay. So from 2000 to 2009... He's probably paid in one, two, three, four, five, six. This is cut more than anything. About eleven else. or twelve. Yeah, he's missed cut. He's missed three it's cuts. It's forty rounds of major golf, though. So if you carry in cuts, you pa- you carry in bad rounds. Aren't he's you? played in very few, and that, yeah, I mean the stats slightly distorted, but 
Yeah. Yeah, but he's second. The point is not how good is Joe Ogilvy in the majors. The point, Carl, is how good is Tiger. Like you're going down a rabbit warren here on Joe. Like I'm painting him like he should have won eleven majors. He's just standing out like a god right now. Yeah, I mean Joe is at no point the benefit of that story is not say Joe's the second best golfer on the planet. Massive shout out to Joe. We'd love to have you on. But you just become David. And I'll wrap it up with everyone's favorite. 2003 through to 2005, Tiger had 1,543 putts from three feet and in. He missed three. Oh. That yeah, is clutch. Uh, what, how many? 1,543. 1, he missed three of them. I bet you if you offered him some of those stats today, he would buy your hand off. I mean, I, he, yeah. I think he missed three of them on that. <laughs> He's missed on the front today. nine, didn't he? So, but yeah. Very interesting. We wanted to talk a little bit as well about the um, coronavirus. So, um, I mean, unless you've been under a rock for the last four weeks, you will obviously know about the uh, devastating impacts of coronavirus. The health scares in the UK is kicking off in a big way. I'm getting texts from my local GP asking me if I've got, <laughs> just got back from Wuhan. I'm like, <laughs> obviously, if I've been coming back from Wuhan, I think this would have been news already. Um, it's not good. Like, I don't get it. Back. So like I'll throw, so initially like what's mortality. interesting is I've got a friend who lives in China and you're like what's going on over there is it is everything fine and a message came back like as if it come from Chinese state media oh it's all overhyped it's nothing not a problem at all it's all safe over here yeah. so I'm just out on the lawn shelling four irons yeah. <laughs> but things <laughs> like SARS time. and shit like that are killing loads more people like the common flu sees off hundreds of people every year so 15,000 a year clearly the there's something yeah. I don't know this feels 15, like it's 15,000 yeah yeah in the wow. UK. Yeah, flu. silly. And we are properly sweating over a hundred people out in, um, you know, kind of Wuhan and a couple of people who picked up, you know, coronavirus. It, the mortality rate's pretty low. Nevertheless, the European tour in its infinite wisdom and wrapped up, I suggest, partly in the media hype, have cancelled a shitload of tournaments. So what have we had cancelled? Malaysian Open. Okay. China Open. Volvo's a big one in China, right? That's yeah. a big, big ticket yeah, European I mean, event. That's, um yeah, I think it's still Flagship big. Event Prize fund's probably not as big as it once was, but it's still um, oh, it's still a pretty decent tournament. Um, and Hong Kong Open? Oh no, I think that was played in. No, I want to say Hong Kong's cancelled. No, I think they replayed it. I'm gonna say they replayed it. So I think it was cancelled in November. I'm pretty sure they went back to it in January. But there was another tournament on at the time, so I think Wade Ormsby might have defended it. I'm just going to throw that out there, I think. Um, I, trust, I trust everything Cal says. Okay, well, I mean, Cal has better golfing knowledge. But nonetheless, these are quite big flagship w- Wade events. Wade Ormsby was defending champ, and I think he defended it. So my point here is not, you know, you know, top-level European tour golfers that aren't going to be out and competing for these things. But then what's the ramification then for other golfers? So people in the feeder tours, like the Challenge Tour, mm. people in you know Asia Tour, people who are probably scrambling to get their cards. That's going to have a massive impact, right? Oh, it's, you know, completely messes up your schedule. And, uh, yeah, so what are you, what, what are you suggesting that you... people are knocking down to the Euro Pro Tour just to get some money in and, and the well, Euro boys can't play? And I mean, no, like this week, for example, they're, um, the challenge tours out in South Africa. Um, Bezayden and, 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 and Richard Stern. Yeah. Which I think Bezayden won this afternoon. Um, against George Katsia, who's, yeah, he's a steady European tour player, but that will naturally attract all the top South African players anyway. But um, more to the point, I think a lot of the um, the sort of latest block of players come through on the European tour have had to go back to play on that on the Challenge Tour. 
because well, there's no the European schedule's a bit up and down. They're all over the place. There's not much in the next month or two. And things like your Volvo Open China, they're going to be quite big prize fund events. If you can't yeah. quite make it on some of these, you know, PGA, and sometimes there's bigger events on the European Tour than PGA, or you know, comparably similar to the prize money. So those go. The golfers can only go certain places. Then yeah. I think that has then my point is I think it has a trickle down effect then to the other people that would be challenged tour people that are pitching up to try and move up mm. in playing bigger events. All of a sudden, points ability to retain cards is massively infected for them. If you're on the challenge tour and you're yeah you're working your way up to get to the European tour and then all of a sudden a few you know very accomplished European tour pros drop down to play in a challenge tour event to stay sharp or to you know earn some more cash, then that, mm. yeah, that, that would absolutely. Which is what's happened this week. This weekend. Course, it's like a one, yeah. two, three, uh, top European tour players. I think yeah. is flying straight out to Mexico for the WGC next yeah. week. Yeah. I mean, there you um, go. You're going to turn up on the range. You're like, holy fuck. There yeah. goes, there goes this week. I've got, you know, mm. one of the best golfers on the planet next to me now. And it is so hard to get a card on the European tour and keep a card. Mm. I mean, the challenge tour as well. It's like, you know, you could be winning, and an event around about now and because it's so heavily weighted with the race to Oman much later in the season um yeah I mean I mean Bazaid now is 60 in the world right now he's ahead of Eddie Pepperell he's ahead of Brendan Todd he's two spots behind Keegan Bradley and he's five spots behind Mickelson yeah. this guy's now he knocking might. around yeah he's knocking I mean, around in a challenge tour event <laughs> even though it's a challenge tour win come tomorrow when the world rankings get refreshed he might I don't know he might find himself on the 50 mark yeah, yeah, but it can be a bit skewed though because this is a South African event, and they do like to the South Africans do like to represent South African golf, and they tend to go back and and play. So oh, perhaps yeah, exactly. these guys would have played anyway, depending on yeah um, what's going on. But no, for, I mean for those European Tour rookies who have gone over to play on that stay tournament fresh and what what have you, then um, I mean they're just they're doing that just to stay to stay match fit. But of course, all that money they're earning on the challenge score is going to have no impact on the race to Dubai or. Anything like that, which is not um, good towards the race of Dubai. Yeah, I mean, let's have a look at the schedule. I think some, I think the next European tour event is well, they do the big European, the big Asia swing, weren't it? Through Asia, the next China. WGC is I think the WGC they go to Ken, I think they've got Kenya. It's Oman, the, it's the Oman, Oman, then Kenya, is it? It's Oman, then the Qatar, then Kenya, then yeah, Kenya. Which Kenya Pepper all won in Qatar, didn't they? It is, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not entirely sure when Europe became so all encompassing. I mean, that Kenya event, that, used, that was on yeah. the Challenge Tour a few years ago. <laughs> Qatar. It's, it's a strange one. <laughs> Qatar, yeah. Kenya. I mean, and the thing is, and you look at these... Yeah, the PGA Tour's not great. Bring either. your sun cream, guys. <laughs> you look at the race to Dubai points. So for WGC, for Mexico next week, 9,000 race to Dubai points available, which if you keep scrolling down again. And then it's something like 1,200 available in Kenya. And, that, and it's events like those that those guys, that's all they can get into. Yeah. So I mean, they've literally got to win. You to are kneecapped, exactly. You're completely kneecapped at that point, aren't you? Really? I think last year was something like three hundred thousand euros to keep your card at, like something like. So there's a correlation with the race to Dubai and the prize money, and obviously yeah. with the cards. Spot right? spot one one five was on it, and that was about three hundred grand. Um, and you've pretty much you've all you've got to win to make three hundred grand because there's just not enough money in. Or you've just got events. to be a top five, top ten machine. Yeah, machine. Yeah, yeah. Big yeah. Consistent as yeah. Joe Ogilvy and some of the greats out there. Well, it's yeah. so heavyweight. It's like a Rolex series as well, isn't it? <laughs> I, 
yeah, well, yeah. Rolex series. You've got to be the Joe Ogilvie of Rolex series yeah. events, basically. You, and so. don't forget exactly the Rolex series events. That's littered with top talent, isn't and it? And that just distorts it even more because yeah. those rookies, they can't get into the Rolex series events. Well, they and then can you've got the points and the money out, available yeah. in them. Yeah, and you've got your Saudi events where you've got people like um, DJ <laughs> turning up, Rose. You know, these yeah, people yeah. are taking massive appearance fees to rock up to these events. Yeah. You, you know, I, I, I don't know. I kind of, you know, we're out there with one of our listeners. You know, anyone listening who's playing on the Challenge Tour, give us a shout. We'd love to hear about it. <laughs> but they, so, I, I remember re- reading a stat a little while ago, and I'm, I'm happy to be corrected. But there was something like on tour, the difference between um, keeping your tour card and not boiled down to about 0.1 of a stroke mm. over a round. Over we're talking like 20 euros. I thought yeah. it'd be less than that, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just like... It's just one missed putt at some point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, that's when it in comes from. The margins like, and the average yeah. scoring with these players is so small. It's it's not even one decimal point. It's sometimes down yeah. to the second row. Like, yeah, it's like you yeah. three whacks a putt from 20 feet back in April. And the yeah. top yeah. half of Challenge Tour is on quite good money. The bottom half, you're kind of... You're scrapping around quite a bit, right? It's not easy necessarily. It doesn't wash its face. So someone explain this to me. Challenge Tour, you... I mean, it's the same as pros. I imagine you just completely fund yourself. You're gonna, you're gonna, and if you don't, if you don't make the cut, you don't get paid. You get sponsored, obviously. I mean, there are, yeah, a lot of chal- a lot of very good challenge oh, pros sponsors. will get, yeah. will have significant sponsors. But yeah, I mean, I imagine the entrance fees and the sort of schedule of traveling. And Anyone have an idea what an entrance fee is for a challenge door event? I'm not sure. I'm assuming once you've got your card. And it would be the same going for European tour events. You're not paying entrance fees. But the, the killer issue is you're, you're trying to get into the challenge tour, aren't you? Because that's, where, that's your ticket there. to play a little the bit cost more. Cost of getting there and maintaining it. Yeah. Is, well, like your flights. I mean, that's the big one, isn't it? It's like flights, when you book your return flight for. Do you back pay your caddy? Yeah. Do you yeah. back yourself to sort of stay there until Sunday night, Monday morning, or whatever? Um, but then if you miss the cut, you're then paying like two more nights in a hotel where you don't really need to be there. It's just. Oh, yeah. I mean, you hear some stories of guys like if. It, Saying if I miss this cut, I'm um, I'm not going to be able to pay my hotel. Yeah, hotel the dream's window. done. Yeah, I remember, I remember a couple of years back uh, at the Riviera, actually at the sixth, which is the donut green uh, with a bunker in the middle. There's a massive house at the back of the sixth, and a couple of years back, someone Justin Rose was going over there, and someone said like, "Oh, that's my house. You can you can stay there." And like for these boys, like they do not need things for free. <laughs> the one thing they have to burn uh, is cash. And he's like, someone's going, oh, stay in my house, man. You just come stay here. There must be so many golfers worldwide that would put up challenge tour players for free. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you've ever got an event. It's like an Airbnb <laughs> right. for ball Around strikers. Birmingham, we would all, if we'd it, all definitely host someone, wouldn't we? I think those um, sort of stadium food. courses, those oh. resorts that do have a hotel on site, I think to be fair, most will Comp them. Yeah. try and stick them up for free. So next week's looking pretty interesting. You've got the WGC in Mexico. I quite liked that event last year. Yeah, this is the one that's played altitude, on high altitude. Yeah. So ball goes crazy distance. Yeah. But it's proper tight. It's small, sharp greens again. There's a really nice, I think the last few weeks have been quite good actually because they're all quite tight tight courses. They're quite enjoyable mm. to watch. I can't remember who won last year, but I remember it being a pretty just, good Just Thomas the year before, two years ago. That was the one where they were like driving the first, yeah. which was like mm. 390. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were just but, setting it over the trees on the right, weren't they? Just being like... Again, though, I mean, this is a very, this has been quite a Tiger themed podcast, hasn't it? And, you know, although DJ won it, the shot or the moment that people remember. Oh, the bunker shot? Yeah. The event that was the bunker shot. Is Do you remember the helicopter? Bunker shot. Yeah, the helicopter finished, the, you know. Oh, it was like yeah. a 9 iron from about 155. It's cut it circa 60 yards. 
It's not quite yet, but he's cut it's it a lot. It's insane. And he's not playing this year. Is he not? No, he's not committed. Just wants to rest. He's just resting up. He's just thinking majors this year. I'm guessing he's got a big, um, you know, it's going to be pretty tough on his back if he plays the Florida swing, which is Bay Hill, the players, and... And you're straight into more or less the Masters, aren't you? One more. The Honda Florida, Is it the Honda? Which is yeah, that's the, the bear trap, isn't yeah. it? The Honda. Yeah, so there you go. Those are three places he's done very, very well at. And That's not... Yeah. That's coming. That's got to be coming up, hasn't it? The Honda Classic's always in favour. Florida yeah, yeah. Strings so straight, straight, straight after, after Mexico. The, yeah, which is why is we... Which is why we're. Do they play another Noddy event in Mexico as well? Do they play another one after that, or no? no straight, so. straight up to Florida. Straight up. Yeah. No fucking around. Cool. Mm. Well, we're definitely going to be here for that one. Yeah. Okay, so it's been a wrap. It's been fun. Um, have fun out there, guys. Look forward to Storm Dennis blowing over. Make sure you get out there, shine the sticks, and go low. Should we end it with one more? Should we say right? One pick from all of you. Who's winning tonight? Ooh. I would like Rory to win, but I think Scotty's going to get it done, actually. I think Adam's going to uh, just find some form with the putter. Mm, heart overhead for me, McElroy. McElroy. Got to be Rory, I think. That's three to one. And Maybe HV3, we don't know. Just before you go, guys, you can get in touch with us at CookieJarGolf on Instagram and Twitter and use the hashtag CookieJarGolf. Get in touch, guys, and we'll see you next time. Adios. Thank you. Watch this.